Welcome to the Commonweal Theatre Podcast. I'm Josiah Lobenstein, and today we've got a great interview with Elizabeth Dunn, development director here at the Commonweal, and an actor in the show The Complete Works of William Shakespeare Abridged Revised. We talk about this show, what it's like to play yourself on stage, how to prepare for improv and audience interaction, and what it takes to revise a show that's been around for a pretty long time. A quick note, we recorded this in the Commonweal Theater's mechanical room, which is the place where we have all of our heaters and coolers and HVAC systems. So if you hear a little background noise, that's what it is. Just a heads up. Thanks so much for joining us. Stay tuned. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Commonwealth Theater Podcast. My name is Josiah Lobenstein, and joining me today is Elizabeth Dunn, actor in Complete Works of William Shakespeare, Bridge Revised, and also the development director here at the Commonwealth Theater. We're so glad to have you, Elizabeth. Thank How you for having you? me. I'm, I am doing well. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. You guys are like, not quite halfway, but about halfway through your run. Yeah, we opened uh, like the second week of July, uh, and we we run to the end of October, October twenty fourth, and it's been weird because we've been only doing two shows a week, which yeah. is very different than a normal Commonwealth schedule. Of course, it's not a normal year, <laughs> um, but it's weird to only do a two a show two times a week. Um, yeah, well, that's kind of interesting. Tell us a little bit about that. Like, what? is different kind of just doing it twice a week and you do it really close together right you yes. do it like friday night and saturday afternoon yes so yeah do you just not like think about the show for six days and then <laughs> it's true i don't maybe i should <laughs> <laughs> i don't know but it, so it is basically a week apart because saturday matinee uh is our last performance for the, the the work week and then we come back the next friday night um, and it, it might just be a, a sign of being spoiled here with our show schedules, the way shows run. Um, they they always feel like such second nature because the Commonweal does have such long runs, which I, I think is probably different than a lot of theater companies. And you do it, you know, three or four times a week and just really just kind of living in. It comes like second nature, which is sometimes good and sometimes a trap, but. Yeah. So. In this show, you're kind of playing yourself. Mm. Is that weird? No, no. Um, <laughs> for me personally, as an actor, I, I think I, I would love to even more play myself on stage. But I think that's just because of um, my love for comedy and, and and improv. But I would say with this show, because it is a show that was written by three other people, um, it's a version of ourselves. So it's kind of like, it's a thin veil, I would say, <laughs> wearing of ourselves. Um, the guys who wrote it, I wouldn't say that the the, the people portrayed in it are tropes or, sure. or whatnot, but there is a character who is the quote-unquote intellect and then right. the, the dummy and then I guess the straight man. Um, and so I am playing the quote-unquote intellect and I'm not saying I'm not a smart person, <laughs> but I move through the world differently than this person does. So yes, I am me, but also not. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, how has it been going? It's like a very uh, audience-heavy show. You mm. spend a lot of time talking to the audience, looking at the audience, interacting with the audience. How has it been? How have you been enjoying it? 
Um, it's been good. It's been fun. I feel like we've been very fortunate to have very generous audiences. You know, we've had smaller houses this year, kind of rebounding from COVID. But even then, um, I think maybe there was a fear in the beginning. Oh, we'll have smaller houses. Maybe there'll be a less laughs. Maybe you know, fill in the blank. But even with our smaller houses, they've they've been usually right there with us. Um, um, so that's been nice. And um, I think in the beginning, um, just because it's been a long time, or I don't know how, how, how many of us have ever done shows where you um, have relied so much on audience connection, because, you know, normally there's that fourth wall <laughs> and you break it occasionally. But the more comfortable um, I, well, I guess I can only speak for myself, the more comfortable I get with the show, the more I crave that connection with the audience. Mm -hmm. And you, I don't ever want anything to feel forced or put upon, but I think their energy and, and having an honest connection with them really helps this particular show. Yeah. Um, yeah. How do, you, how do you like prepare for something like that? Because obviously you don't have an audience to rehearse with, yeah. right? So. How does it? How do you feel like uh, you prepared in the rehearsal process? What was that kind of like for those of us who have haven't been in a show like this before? The, the audience. Um, well, the show as a whole is very fast-paced, very intense because you are switching because they're going through the canon of his works and they're going through them so quickly and you're playing different characters so quickly that. Um, I think it, it is a, a process that it's a lot of work ahead of time and a lot of energy spent to then when you get to the actual opening and performance to just relax into mm. it. Um, so it's a lot of work ahead of time to find all those bits and fine tune them and, and just getting the pacing and all that. So it's, I mean, we all wear knee pads in the show um, because we have to, but I mean, it really felt like, you know, doing some kind of sports practice or what have you. It, it was very exhausting, in a good way, um, rehearsal process. And now that we're open, I mean, you have to keep that energy up, of course. It's not like you just throw it out the window and just say whatever. But um, it, I think the humor works. If you, if you do, in a way, just throw it out the window and you don't try so hard and you, and you have to keep your energy up, but you just, you just kind of go with the flow of... of whatever it feels is naturally happening or not happening that yeah. night. It kind of feels like the audience, which this is true in a lot of theater, that the audience is kind of your scene partner, mm -hmm. but literally in your show, like the audience is your scene partner. You, you ask the audience questions, you mm -hmm. get responses, you take a program from somebody's hands and throw it back at them. I mean, like they're literally your scene partner. So you really, they, they really are engaged in a different way every night, and you kind of have to be open and receptive to that, I imagine. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. What's it like, uh, spoiler, uh, Brant is also in the show, and Brant and Elizabeth are an item. Oh, uh, gross! What's it like acting with Brant? Do you like it? Do you hate it? What, what's the dish? <laughs> um, I, I like it. I, I don't know anything else, though. I mean, we met when I came here as an apprentice, and he was here as in a seasonal. We were friends for a while. Uh, well, we were in a show, show right off the bat, before we were even dating or before I even had an opinion about him. Uh, we were cast in a show together. So, um, in a way, I guess our relationship has just, you know, been here and working together. We've been in shows together over the years. Um, I, I do enjoy being on stage with him, so that's that's probably a good thing. Uh, but I guess that just to say that I don't, I don't know anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the third person is Ben. Benjamin. 
Benjamin. <laughs> you guys had a good rehearsal process, though. Felt like it was very open and. Yeah, um, I mean, the three of us. I think this is this also just helps uh, our friends and do hang out in real life <laughs> outside of here, um, which I think is not something is neat that is net needed to for this to be a good show whatsoever. Um, but I do think when you are doing comedies where you're well any show I suppose where you're really playing off each other um, it kind of helps if you naturally have some kind of camaraderie or yeah. like-mindedness I suppose yeah you kind of have a rapport you have a shorthand with each yeah. other what are some parts if people who are listening to this haven't seen it what are some parts to watch out for any good Easter eggs from the show that you can think of or even just some of your favorite parts Something that you look forward to kind of every night. I guess I do look for. I mean, there is, I don't want to give too much. I mean, there is a fair bit of audience participation, um, really only in one part of the show, but a lot of interacting with the audience. And I guess just that's one thing that you never know what's going to happen. Not everybody's going to respond differently. And sometimes people, I don't think they realize, they say things out loud that they don't know that we're listening to. This is a show where we can respond to them. Um, so I think that part of it, that's always, that every show of course is different and every performance is going to be unique, but in that so, in that way, it, it is truly unique that you can genuinely respond to it in the moment. And so I enjoy those moments. Yeah. They feel very genuine. Yes. Yeah. In, in dancing lessons, we get a lot of people who re respond to us, but we can't <laughs> say anything back to them, right? It's a different show, <laughs> but yes. Yeah. Or you have completely broken the fourth wall. So that's true. It's nice. Uh, yeah, I want to uh, do a little shameless plug for our theater because we just got a, a write-up in the uh, Pioneer Press. Is that what it was? Or Star Tribune? Star Tribune. Oh, Thank we you. We don't know. That's good. It's, it was <laughs> maybe the Star Tribune. Maybe it's the Post uh, About uh, changing this part of the show. So can you tell us what the part of the show was originally and kind of what we shifted it into? Yeah, so the show was actually devised in 1987. And then they revised it in 2007. I don't know what was originally originally there, but in 2007, uh, the story of Othello, if you don't know about it, it is a story about um, a Moor, um, and the lead character is black. Um, and so when they get to it, they, they do kind of a rap, and um, there it is, it is fun, but there is some aspects to it that... Um, feels a little dated and that, you know, doesn't land well in, in, in 2021 or even a few years ago. So that's no disrespect to the, to the playwrights whatsoever. Um, you know, we're always learning and adapting and changing. Um, uh, so our director, Jackie Johnson, um, had the great foresight, the great idea to reach out. Um, we have a relationship with a, a black uh, poet, actor, artist, um, I think he's a jack of all trades, um, in the Twin Cities, who we met last year in a diversity workshop. And she knew he was a very proficient, skilled um, poet. And so she reached out to him and said, hey, would you be interesting or interested in, in taking what's here and just kind of throwing it up in the air and creating something new um, from it? Um, and he did. He, he has told the story of Othello in a very beautiful way that keeps a little bit of humor, but also acknowledges um, some mistakes maybe we as, as white theater makers have made in, in past decades. Um, and so I think it brings something, uh, I didn't say his name. His name is Dominique Jones. <laughs> Sorry. That's good. That's um, 
So it brings a really fresh take to it. It's, it's beautiful. It's something different. Um, so I think that's something to look forward to, actually, as well. Yeah, yeah. It's a really, like, very different part of the show from the rest of the show. The rest of the show kind of feels like a zany, madcap kind of thing going on, and this really feels like a moment where you all sort of catch your breath a little mm -hmm. bit, where the audience collectively kind of takes a breath yeah. together with you yeah. uh, in a way that that's really interesting. And I, I feel like is like a step in a right direction, mm -hmm. at least a different direction. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. How, how did that kind of come about in the rehearsal process? Do you remember kind of, did you try other things before this came to be or? Not really. I think Jackie knew early on um, because she knew she was going to be directing at the beginning of the season. So she had these months ahead to sure. do some pre-planning and thinking about it. So um, it did come in a very similar, or Dominique came in with a very similar version as to what we have now. Um, and he came down one day to work with us during rehearsal and we just made, we continued to fine tune over the course of probably a month through tech weeks, through tech week. Um, and so it really hasn't changed drastically, the pacing of it, you know, a couple of line switches, um, some of that stuff changed, but sure. not too much though. In the intro to the play, the playwrights encourage you, you know, make updated references because pop culture moves quickly and, and you know, 2007 doesn't feel that long ago, but so much has changed even since then. I mean, they had a reference to general hospital soap operas. And so that was one example that said you can change this. And um, soap operas are still around. They're just not as popular as they once were. I think reality TV has probably replaced that. Um, so I, I think that's a question I was asked too, is where is the fine line of, you know, we have given you the, the original writer of the work, right, has given you permission to, to tweak it and play with it and change it so it feels fresh and it feels current. Um, but I'm not even sure. Sometimes I say, where is the line and when do you know if you've crossed it? Fortunately, with this piece, actually, the, the playwrights re recently reached out to us. Um, they were curious about what we had done um, with the Othello section because they are in the process of, of rewriting it. So some in some ways that <laughs> kind of makes us feel like, okay, any changes we did make, you know, it's not... Um, to snub or, or what have you because yeah. they are also in the process saying like hey it's time for another facelift right. um so yeah so how that how i would take that with me and other works um i think it i think it just depends on the show i mean doing another show like this especially comedies um i think you you want to look for those areas to make it feel current and relevant um and conscientious and also consci it kind yeah. of feels like a very conscientious uh, approach. Mm -hmm. You kind of brought up something else that I just want to touch on a little bit um, and because I think this is something the audience would want to know because it does have a very improv -y feel mm -hmm. to it. How much is scripted? How much is improv in regards to the show and kind of how did that feel in the rehearsal room? The version that you will see when you come when you come and see the show, 97% of it is is scripted i mean there's only and it's really honestly when the audience interactions are happening that, that you know something might be improvised or a comment here or there um while we were in the rehearsal process though i mean we were playing around with a lot of different ideas so while the the final version is scripted i would say from the original script ah gosh 85 to 90 percent is what is written is the scripts that we received and is written. 
you know, so a lot of that was as, was us playing around um, with, you know, what feels conscientious and, and relevant to a 2021 theater audience um, or just society. Um, and, and then also us bringing ourselves to it. Um, like there's, there's one bit where they're doing Romeo and Juliet and Brant's playing Juliet and Ben is playing Romeo and Brant says, I don't want to kiss you, man, because they're doing a kissing scene. And he says, my fiance is right there. And one day in rehearsal, I just thought it'd be funny to say, I don't mind. And so we kept that. So, you know, it's finding those little moments too of, oh, we can bring, I can bring myself here. Um, but all of that is rehearsed and improvised in rehearsal so that it can be cemented <laughs> um, uh, when you come see a show here because we are not an improv theater. We are a, uh, a theater as place <laughs> yeah yeah that's good that's that's interesting i think the the improv in a rehearsal process always gives things a very fresh feel mm -hmm. and, and that's something i enjoy whenever we get the opportunity to do it in rehearsal and this is kind of like a whole show based around it so it feels yeah and you have improv training right i do have a bit i uh was living in chicago for a couple years uh and i studied at io uh, which I believe is sadly no longer in existence. Um, uh, it stood for Improv Olympics at one time. Uh, yeah, I stayed there for about a year and a half. Yeah. Is it something that you miss? Was this like a fun way to get back to? Or is it something you're like, that was a nice step in my theater journey and I'm happy to kind of have it, have it done? I do miss, um, I miss, yes and no. <laughs> I miss the freedom of it. Um, that I think comes with, with improv. I mean, I miss, um, at least in Chicago, it is such a great community. I mean, art side um, aside, art, the art of it aside, it is such a supportive and great artistic community. Um, I learned a lot about myself um, while I was taking classes there. I learned about um, a lot as a performer. Um, so, and I think, you know, Im improv training can be a great groundwork for acting, even if, if it's not something you want to explore um, you know, later as an artist. So it's something I hope to, to keep with me always, you know, you know, if I could ever take classes again or if I could ever do it. Um, but I don't think I would ever go full, like, I'm not going to move back to Chicago and this is what I do now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure. But this is kind of a fun blast from your past a yes. little bit. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, uh, any other sort of last final thoughts on this show? You, you still have a while left to perform it. I mean, is it still kind of taking shape as you move forward? Um, I think and hope so. I mean, I hope some things are cemented and good, but I, I hope we only continue to um, just every performance breathe fresh air into it with um, maybe even find more bits. You never know. There's always bits to find. There's always more bits. That's what our director, Craig Johnson, said when we did Boeing Boeing in 2019. Yeah. I agree with him. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, come. If you're, you know, it's been a hard couple of years, man. Just come, come and have a good time for two hours. And, you know, you could do the same with dancing lessons because it is very funny in a different way. Um, just come and have a good time because you deserve it. <laughs> Thanks, Elizabeth. Thanks for coming and talking. Thank you. To buy tickets to any Commonweal Theatre show, head to commonwealtheatre.org. Once again, that's commonwealtheatre.org. There you can buy tickets, you can check out our blog, you can see some of the new videos we've put out. 
We also have a four show season pass deal. This is very new. A four show season pass deal where you can see our remaining four shows for only $99. This is a great deal. Some of those shows, Dancing Lessons is back. Complete Works of William Shakespeare Abridged Revised is playing. It's a very funny play. There is just a lot coming up, so you should definitely check out that deal. Once again, our website is commonwealttheater.org. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Josiah Lobenstein. We look forward to seeing you back here at the theater. Thank you.